the county treasurer that collects the taxes will send notices to the property owner stating that if they do not pay their taxes in a specified period of time, they will lose that property to a tax deed investor, which is what I was. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey, it is Sarah Larby here and welcome back to another episode of Where Should I Invest? Super excited to have you guys back. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. And today's guest is Mark Podolsky, who is also known as the Land Geek. And we are going to be talking about land and land investing. Super excited to have uh, just different topics each and every single week so that you can get an idea of what's going to potentially work best for you or if you're already currently investing, just some different other strategies and things to think about. So hopefully you guys like this episode. Let me know what you think and reach out anytime that you have any questions or anything at all. And if you are on Instagram at investor, Sarah Larby is my handle. So add me and uh, let's connect. Welcome Mark to the show. How are you? Sarah Larby, pulse is normal. Respiration's fine. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. That is the first time for the show <laughs> that I have a response like that. That's great. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate and then how you got started in raw land. So I was a really unhappy, miserable, micromanaged, overworked, 45-minute commute and back, uh, commute to work and back investment banker. And I specialized in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And Sarah, it got so bad for me that I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy and he's telling me that as a side hustle, he's going to tax deed auctions. He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar. He's flipping them online and he's making a 300% return on his investment. And I'm looking at companies all day long and a great company has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Great company. Average companies, 10%. And I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So I don't believe them. So I've got $3,000 saved up for car repairs. And I go to New Mexico with him and I do exactly what he says to do. I buy up 10 half acre parcels, an average price of $300 each. I put them up online, and sure enough, they all sell for an average price of over $1,200 each, 300%. It worked. So I took all that money. I went to another tax deed auction where I live in Arizona. And again, this is 2000. There's no one in the room. I'm buying up lots. I'm buying up acreage for nothing. And over the next six months, I sold all that land, and I made over $92,000 cash. So I go to my wife, who's pregnant at the time. I go, honey, I'm going to quit my job. I'm a full-time land investor. And uh, she said, absolutely not. So I said, oh, okay. yeah, she just probably thought you, uh, you, I don't know, went crazy or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, she was scared. I was scared. So I said, fine. So I worked the land investing business part-time and it took 18 months for land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit 
and I've been working it full time ever since since 2001. I've done over 5,200 land deals and counting. Wow, that's amazing! Congratulations. That's that's just really impressive. So you just jumped right in. You made it happen. Now for the listeners, because a lot of them are Canadians and they don't really know necessarily what a tax deed is. Can you talk through that a little bit? Well, I, I imagine that the Canadians also don't understand unhappiness. That might be a uniquely <laughs> American thing as well, but they can kind of Google that and learn about it. But as far as a tax deed auction is concerned, basically when someone doesn't pay their property taxes in the United States, the county treasurer that collects the taxes will send notices to the property owner stating that if they do not pay their taxes in a specified period of time, they will lose that property to a tax deed investor, which is what I was. So that property then gets conveyed free and clear to that investor for the minimum amount being the property taxes. Thanks for Can I explain that, that okay? Yeah, no, it's, it's great. And it's also great to know what the differences are because, you know, there's, I mean, there are a lot of differences between Canada and the U.S., but that's not to say that this can't be done in Canada. And that's not to say that Canadians can't invest in what you're doing as well out in the U.S. But just out of curiosity, why did you decide to go into Rollin instead of buying, I don't know, houses or multifamily? Well, I'll tell you, I, uh, first of all, you don't know me, but I, I can't even screw in a light bulb. Like I'm just that person. Like it's it's pretty emasculating that we have the handyman on like you know speed dial in my house. So physical things have never been attractive to me. I'm more sort of processes, systems, automation type of person. And if if you want, sir, I can walk you through the model, and you'll see exactly why I love this model so much, given the fact that I don't have to deal with anything physical. Yeah, that's a great idea. Why don't we walk through a model? What's an example? Okay, so Sarah, where do you live exactly? In uh, about half an hour west of Toronto. So it's okay. a little area called Oakville. Well, okay, so you're in Oakville, Canada. And let's imagine that you own 10 acres of land in Texas for whatever reason. Like maybe you invested in it a few years ago or you inherited it for whatever reason. And you haven't paid your taxes. You owe $200 in back taxes. So Sarah, you're advertising two things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to that raw land. You live outside Toronto and the properties in Texas. And number two, you're distressed in some way because when we don't pay for things, we don't value them in the, some, in the same way. And you haven't paid your property taxes. So what I'm going to do is I'm gonna look at the comparable sales for the last months on that 10 acre parcel in Texas. And I'm gonna take the lowest comparable sale. So let's say for example, it's only $10,000. All I'm gonna do is divide by four. And that's gonna get me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So I'm gonna send you an actual offer for your property. I don't wanna be in the negotiation business. I don't wanna be in the appraisal business. Say I'm interested in buying your land. You're like, well, I'm interested in selling my land. And now we're into a negotiation. I'm gonna send you an actual offer for $2,500. Now, for you, you accept it. $2,500 for you is better than nothing. So in reality, 3 to 5% of people accept my quote-unquote top dollar offer of $0.25 cents on the dollar. So now I own that property. Well, I don't own it yet. What I'm going to do before I buy it from you is due diligence or in-depth research. So Sarah, I got to confirm, number one, you still own the property. 
Number two, I have to confirm that back taxes are only $200. The back taxes aren't so high, they're gonna eat up all my margin. Number three, I have to make sure there's no breaks in the chain of title. Number four, I have to make sure that there's no liens or encumbrances clouding title. And then there's a whole checklist that I have. But essentially, it costs $11. I outsource my due diligence to my team in the Philippines that is connected to an American title company. And that's for properties $5,000 or less. If it's $5,000 or more, I will close through a title company and not take the risk. So now I get, send you a check for $2,500. In reality though, you, go, you don't get $2,500. You get $2,300 minus the $200 I have to pay for your property taxes. Now I own it. And then Sarah, I have a built-in best buyer. I'm gonna sell this property 30 days or less. Guess who it is? Who is it? The neighbors, the neighbors. So I'm gonna send out neighbor letters saying, hey, here's your opportunity, increase your holdings, protect your privacy, protect your views, and acquire Sarah's 10-acre parcel. So oftentimes the neighbors will buy it. Now, if they pass, I'll go to my buyer's list. My buyer's list passes. I go to a little website you may have never heard of because you're in Canada called Craigslist. It's the 10th most trafficked website in the United States. I'll go to even a smaller one you may not have heard of called Facebook. And <laughs> I'll go to Facebook buy sell groups and the Facebook marketplace. So, and then I'll go to land sites like landmodo.com, landsofamerica.com, landandfarm.com, landflip.com, landhub.com. So there's a massive market of people that are buying and selling raw land all throughout the United States. So essentially what I'm going to do then is I'm gonna make it irresistible pricing wise. So basically I'm gonna make it like a car payment. I'm gonna ask for a $2,500 down payment. So I'm gonna get my money out on the down payment or I might go out six months. And then I'll just make it a car payment. Let's say, you know, $2.99 a month for the next 84 months at 9% interest. And essentially then, I'm getting $299 a month at 9% interest. And Sarah, no renters, no rehabs, no, no renovations, no rodents. And then the game that we play is, can we create enough of these land notes so that our passive income on this raw land exceeds our fixed expenses. And then we're working because we want to, not because we have to. Hey guys, just wanna take a quick moment and introduce you to a key member of my power team. Dylan Suter is my realtor who's been working very hard to find me amazing deals. And Dylan, I'm a big proponent in working with realtors that are investors. And Dylan is truly an investor. Welcome, Dylan. And thank you so much for being a sponsor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I want to first thank you for having us as a sponsor. We're really grateful to be working with you and all of the support you've given us over the past couple of years. So thank you so much for that. And our focus as Elevation Realty is to focus our attention primarily on real estate investors that are looking to replace their active income with a passive income and go enjoy what they like most, such as time with the family or up at the cottage, whatever it may be. So what we do is we focus our attention on creating a plan specific for each client, whether that is something they want to have five properties in five years and be able to sit on them for 10 years and then sell them and retire on the, the equity. Or if they're looking to scale their portfolio and retire in the next 12 months, we can look at doing that as well through joint ventures or Airbnb short-term rentals. We can talk through buildings, buy, renovate, refinance, single family purchases, and the list goes on. 
That's awesome. Now, Dylan, if people wanted to reach out and get help from you, where can they go? They can check us out online at www.elevationrealty.ca, E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca, or they can email us at info at elevationrealty.ca, give us a call or text at 905-592-4220, or check us out at The Right Club or other meetup groups that we're usually at as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dylan. It is awesome working with you as always. And now back to the show. That's definitely a very interesting concept. And, you know, when you're going through all of this and I'm, and you're bringing out these numbers of how cheap you can get land, I mean, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually pretty incredible because you can't find this kind of stuff at that price in Canada. So now essentially like your end buyer, are they ever looking at getting the land to develop it? Like what's the ultimate plan for somebody that's going to buy from you a piece of land? I think 90% of my buyers are legacy investors. So these are people that want to own an asset that lasts forever. And then they'll figure it out. It just stokes their imagination. In, in reality, I, Sarah, I call it man jewelry, right? They just like the way it feels to own this raw piece of land. They may never even go out there. I've got a guy for years, he's been paying $5,000 a month on a note. He's a CEO in San Diego. I'm like, Don, why do you keep buying all this raw land? He's like, I just think it's cool. So some people just want to invest, collect. Other people want to go out there and there's you know, no restrictions. So maybe they'll camp, maybe they'll hunt, maybe they'll fish, maybe they'll build something one day. But typically, because this is rural raw land, it's not ready yet for development. And that's why it's expensive. So if somebody says to me, hey, I'm interested in moving my, my kids out there, my family, I'll be like, whoa, 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 wait a second. You realize like, you're not gonna get emergency services out there. You know, this isn't gonna be for you. So even then they're like, oh, I still want it because I just think it's, you know, fun to own 40 acres in Nevada or whatever it is. Huh, okay. So just cause it's, it's fun and it's cool. So now do people, I don't know, cultivate on it or sell the parts of the land to the farmers for whatever they need to do for feeding? They, they might. I mean, Colorado, obviously hemp is very big in Colorado, but I'd say that for the most people, they're not improving the raw land. They're, they just want to have it on their balance sheet. They just want to show their banker, look at my net worth now. I have this asset and they can afford the payment. They can afford the property taxes. It's very easy for them to get into this asset. Okay. So what happens if there's a market downturn to raw land in your opinion? So I've lived through this and it was no fun. For me, about 40% of my notes just went away. And the company was still profitable. But unfortunately for me, I had Parkinson's law of money. So the more money I made, the more money I spent. And now I took a 40% hit on my income and that was no fun. So I would say that there's a great book from Mike McCallowitz called Profit First. And it really helps you manage your cash flow instead of doing like bank balance, sort of like entrepreneurial cash flow investing. This really breaks it down into small buckets. You have your bucket for taxes, you have your bucket for owner's pay, you have your bucket for profit, and profit comes first, then expenses. So it really helps you manage it in a very smart way. And so just knowing that it's inevitable that I, I don't think we're gonna see a 2008 crash again in, in our lifetimes, but I do think the next recession we will see an eight to 10%
decline in note value. So just prepare for that. Right now we have a 4% default rate on our note portfolio, but we don't do credit checks either. Hmm. Okay. So let's just say, for example, I am interested or one of the listeners is interested in buying a piece of land in Texas. Let's just say it's five acres. What is the actual process? Like, what does that look like? Let's just run through the financials of like maybe your last, I don't know, your last deal that you did with an investor. Okay. So as far as buying it and selling it or kind of, or. Yeah. Just buying it. What does that look like? What do we, what do we have to know? What do we have to do in terms of due diligence? how to set up the financial piece. Cause you mentioned that there is some cash flow that you can get from it as well. So, okay. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to buy it 25 cents on the dollar. And the way we're going to determine that is from the comparable sales for the last 12 to 18 months and then divide by four. So then once you accept the offer, we are going to go through our due diligence checklists. So again, no back taxes that are too high, confirm you still own the property no breaks in the chain of title, no liens or encumbrances. So for example, you didn't pay your mechanic. They might put a mechanics lien on your raw land and, and cloud the title. Now, in reality, there's very few times that because of the value of this land, anything comes up, but you still want to dye your eyes and cross your T's. And again, all this is done for about 11 bucks with our team in the Philippines. Okay. So or you would just close the account. Right. So now that we own the property, with the way that we own it is a deed. And we would actually have that deed prepared basically by looking at the last deed recorded and we would transcribe it, reversing grantor and grantee. It's literally that simple. Or we could hire, you know, a local attorney to do the deed. We could go to deeds.com and get a deed. We could go to rocketlawyer.com and get a deed. And then once the deed is signed and notarized by our seller, we're going to record that deed using an online process called simplifile.com. So all along the way, Sarah, anything that's going to save me time, I'm going to invest in because I can always make more money. I can't get more time. And Simplifile makes it super easy, right? That's the same reason why we don't negotiate on price because it's just too too much time. Now that we own the property, we are going to have our team again go through the neighbors. They would go through the GIS map in that county and essentially create a list for us. And then we'd send that that letter to those people on that list. We use software. We have created our own proprietary software that automates 90% of this. So we automate essentially sending out our offers. We automate sending out our neighbor letters. We then automate our contracts. So when I sell the property, there's three contracts. And it used to take me 20 minutes of paperwork to do a purchase sale agreement, a land sale contract, and a promissory note. Now it just takes a, a click of a button. So we save thousands of dollars with this software. Then on the back end, we use a software called geekpay.io, which automates collecting our money. Get our down payment via credit card. And then we collect via ACH or somebody's checking account the monthly payments because we don't want to partner with a credit card company on credit card fees. But what's great about GeekPay is if the ACH fails, we do have a credit card on file as a backup. So we do lower our default rate by doing that. And then again, it automates notifications and everything like that. So we really want to get geeky with this business. 
Where Should I Invest? with your host, Sarah Larvey. We'll be right back. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment and pause the podcast interview here because I wanted to introduce you to Dahlia Barsoom of Streetwise Mortgages. I am a big believer, as you guys probably have heard, work with a mortgage broker. They are going to help you scale. And when I was first growing in real estate investing and looking to buying my second property and my third property, I was going directly to the bank then. I hadn't met Dahlia yet. And I actually was hitting a roadblock when it came to financing because the bank started asking me for 25% as the down payment. And then for my third property, they wanted 35%. And it was really, really hard for me to A, understand why it was creeping up like that. And B, I didn't have 35% to put down. I had 20%. And luckily, I actually met Dahlia at that point in time. And Dahlia is actually an investor herself, and she works with many, many investors. And she knows all the pitfalls and the barriers that normally come up with dealing directly with a bank and all the different lenders. And Dahlia was actually able to not just find me proper alternatives, but I've got nine properties now, and I'm still able to get financing with A lenders, and it allows me to be able to scale up without hitting the financing wall. And so she's been a tremendous help. So the other thing I really, really enjoy is Dahlia also does a free goals analysis. So if you go to either my website or her website, streetwisemortgages.com, mention the podcast and ask for the free goals analysis, it was a game changer for me. And it allowed me to actually understand what I needed to do, how many properties I was going to get because of the cash flow that I was looking for. If you guys wanted to reach out to Dahlia, you can reach out to her by email, which is info at streetwisemortgages.com, or you can actually reach out to her on the website at streetwisemortgages.com, and then just go to the contact section. And you can also call her at 1-800-208-208. 6255. Thanks for listening and back to the show. Back to the show. Where should I invest? Real estate investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. Okay. So it sounds it sounds good. I mean, from what you're explaining, but I'm sure there is some pros and cons to every single real estate strategy that exists out there. And I think one of the pros that you mentioned, and there's no rodents and no tenants, which a lot of people don't want to deal with tenants or <laughs> or problems, but what are some of the challenges to investing in raw land in comparison to single family or multifamily? Okay, so raw land, unlike a house or any kind of physical complex, lasts forever. As a result, you do not get the tax advantages of depreciation in raw land. Now, the way that we can then sort of use a different strategy if we want to do a tax strategy like you can with a single family home or apartment building is we can invest in a self-directed IRA or a qualified retirement plan. And essentially I use a qualified retirement plan because it gives me checkbook writing privileges. There's no third party and I have a Roth component. So that money grows tax-free and I have a SEP component, a self-employed pension component. So that money then grows tax deferred. So I can essentially grow my retirement astronomically through this land investing vehicle doing that, but I can't use depreciation. 
The other disadvantage with raw land in this niche is if you want to be a billionaire, this is not the niche to be in. Because let's say, for example, like there's no hedge funds, there's no private equity groups, and there's very little competition in this niche. Because number one, it's not sexy. But number two, you could have too much capital. So for example, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, they are billionaires and they buy productive farmland and they make 8% on that or timberland. So that's where the big money goes in raw land. But in our niche, having too much capital, you can't deploy it fast enough on these deals. Because again, like even if we did a bigger deal, it might be a million dollars. It's not going to be a hundred million dollars. So if you really want to be a billionaire, this is the gateway drug into getting into larger deals. Okay. So, you know, it's, it is interesting. And the other piece is when it comes to taxes, Canada is super different. So the only thing I would say is if you're listening to this and you're in Canada, just definitely check with your accountants, what the differences are between investing in raw land in the U S and if you were to do that from a Canadian perspective in Canada or a Canadian investing in the U S there are going to be some differences. The other thing is you mentioned the Roth, et cetera. Essentially in Canada, it's like an RSP. We have a tax-free savings account. They're just different things. With your RSP, you can invest in mortgages and you can invest in different things. I don't think you can invest in raw land. I could be wrong. But again, just like verify all of this stuff with your your professionals because there are there are going to be differences between the two. So I think, right. you know, personally the way that I look at it is if you're going to be investing in raw land. I think I would like you can't as a Canadian invest your registered funds into a U.S. type of property. So it ha- actually has to be if you're going to do it as mortgages, you have to invest in mortgages, but in Canada with your Canadian RSP or your Canadian tax-free savings account. I'm just letting my, the audience know just because there are going to be some differences. So just check with your mortgage broker, check with your accountant and all that good stuff and your lawyer as well. Right, right. And then also just the fact that Canadians are more literate than Americans, I think is like, it's just a huge difference <laughs> as well. Uh, have you been to Canada? I have not been to Canada. I've been to Seattle recently and I looked at Canada. I'm like, oh my gosh, so beautiful <laughs> and great healthcare and universities. Tears started streaming from my, my face and my, my oldest son who's going to university completely didn't understand why I was so emotional about it. <laughs> Are your kids into real estate and into raw land purchases as well? Well, they are more interested, I think, in Fortnite, maybe YouTube videos right now, <laughs> than uh, they are in building wealth or passive income. But I do have a book called Dirt Rich, and you know, certainly it lays out the entire process. And I don't want to be one of those dads that's like pushing them into it. If they ever show any interest, I'll pounce on it. And I think once they get their first dead end job, they'll be like, dad, how, do we, how is it that you only work two hours a week? Like kids, <laughs> let me explain something to you. It's called passive income. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's tons of great strategies with real estate investing. I mean, you've got a niche as well. It's, you know, you can find people that are successful in every type of real estate strategy, just like there are people that are not successful in every single type of strategy. I think it's can go both ways. So, you know, it is super interesting. And, uh, you know, guys, if, if you have questions about investing in Rolland in the U.S., reach out to Mark. He is your guy. So Mark, we can keep talking about this because it is fascinating, but we're going to move on to our lightning round where I'm going to ask you a series of five questions and you're going to give me the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. 
Mark, question number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book ever? The, my favorite real estate investing book ever is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. All right. Great. Number two, your favorite podcast? Mine, The Art of Passive Income. All right. And I think you have more than one, don't you? I do. I have the Land Geek podcast and I have the Best Passive Income Model podcast, but those two are evergreen now. And the one that we keep up is the Art of Passive Income podcast. And I apologize for the shameless plug. All good. All good. Perfect. So question number three, what do you do for fun aside from real estate? Mondays and Fridays, I take off and they're what I call my terminal days. And I pretend if this is my last day on earth, what would I do? So oftentimes it's literally just spending time with my family, my wife, and doing simple, fun things, hiking, biking, working out, having coffee, just spending time together, playing games. I'm teaching my middle son how to play poker. That's a lot of fun. So just being a not too embarrassing of a dad. <laughs> Question number four, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? Oh, I've always thought about this. I know exactly how I'd be homeless. I would move to Newport <laughs> Beach, California. My wife and I would have a nice tent on the beach. Then we would go to the public library. I would start back up in the public library. I would go to the near mall, nearest mall. It's really nice. Right before they close, I eat really, really well. I'm telling you, I could be homeless tomorrow. It'd be great. All right. I love the humor. And last question, number five. If somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend that they spend it? Well, I would say that for $50,000, the, the best way to spend it, a portion of it should be on themselves and education and improving themselves. The rest of it should be in buying an asset that is going into cash flow. I don't care what asset it is, but it should be an asset that cash flows. Again, it's the only way to have total freedom. Absolutely. The cash flow is great. So where can listeners find you and know more about you if they wanted to reach out? I think the best place to go is thelandgeek.com. And we have a course that's $97 called our Passive Income Launch Kit. Sarah, I'd love to offer it to your listeners for free, even though they're Canadian and probably are used to getting everything for free. So if they <laughs> just go to thelandgeek.com forward slash launch kit, they can get that for free. That's awesome. Thank you, Mark. Any final last words of advice? If you'll do for the next three to five years what other people won't do, you'll be able to do for the rest of your life what other people can't do. It's a great quote from Zig Ziglar. It is absolutely. On that note, Mark, thank you so much for being on the show and providing your great insights and knowledge. And guys, land development or land purchases, raw land, Mark is your guy. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio 
consisting of multiple homes and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise. And it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you wanna be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.